Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And I believe we are officially live. Hey, everybody listening in and uh, watching on Facebook Live. This is Nathan Holrit, CEO of at, at Photographers Edit. And I'm here with my friends, Rich and Heather Smith and Haley Gaffin. Welcome to Workflow Wednesday. Um, it's been a whole week since we all hung out last. How's everybody doing? Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> Don't get too excited now. The, the, uh, I wish we could do this podcast, um, uh, this Facebook Live outside because it's gorgeous. It's so gorgeous outside. So yeah, we need beautiful. one of those things like they've got an Instagram stories where you can put the the temperature, the outside temperature oh, yes. up on the screen so they can yes. see it. It's probably 70, 75 today. I rode my, my motorcycle to Starbucks this morning to, nice. to work and it's just beautiful. Yeah, Perfect. I, I did the same thing. I did. <laughs> except, except except it was, was not a motorcycle and the windows were up <laughs> Haley, how are you doing i'm doing great it's a busy busy week lots of stuff going on and yeah it is. and especially busy for you because you're getting ready to head to jamaica in, in jamaica which is pretty exciting yeah i'm a little bit jealous yeah, <laughs> I'm very excited. But between coming back from the conference last week and leaving next week, it's like so many things to repair and do. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we are, as we normally do on Wednesdays, uh, today we switched it up a little bit and went to 2 p.m. Eastern. Normally it's going to be 1 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live. If you go to facebook.com slash photogs edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S. Am I spelling that right? Yeah, E-D-I-T. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, on the Boca podcast, we'll publish this episode on the Boca podcast later in the day. But welcome to Workflow Wednesday, where we do focus on the topic of workflow uh, in a very laid back kind of conversational style format. And um, we started a series last week, which was communication. Um, as I say so many, I've said so many times already on Workflow Wednesday, workflow is part of everything that we do or everything that we do is workflow, I guess is a better way to put it. And part of that daily workflow for us as photography business owners is communication. That's email, phone calls, and uh, text messages, and social media, and, and of course the list goes on and on and on. So last week we just talked about the idea of scheduling communication. If you didn't get to hear that, you can go back um, through our feed at facebook.com slash edit, or you can go back to the Boca podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify or in Apple iTunes or um, Stitcher or any number of podcast players, popular podcast players out there, but you can go back and listen to the first episode where we talk about scheduling communication. Today, we're going to talk more specifically about the tools that we actually use. And um, so maybe we can just kind of start out, uh, Rich and Heather, if you guys want to just talk about maybe your top three tools for communication. This may seem obvious to people, but uh, as I mentioned to you guys before we started the live session, um, 
many different photographers, business owners use different tools for email, different tools for managing social media, uh, different tools for managing clients and so forth. So I'd love for you guys to start with your three top tools for communication. Oh, wow. Just three, huh? Man, there's, there's, so, many, there's so many. In fact, I actually uh, thought about something else while uh, when you were just talking about it. So uh, um, because there, there's just so many, there's so many different tools. Uh, and uh, um, especially when you said um, when when trying to uh, try to figure out how to do stuff online with uh, with social media stuff. Um, so uh, Hootsuite's a great, great, uh, great tool. But our, our top three would uh, would be our, our our client management system, which is ShootQ. I know there's tons of, of uh, different uh, um, CMSs out there for photographers, uh, but we just use ShootQ because it works for our workflow. All right, and so uh, and the next one is uh, with uh, um, with Gmail, and uh, and uh, we use this this plugin for Gmail called Boomerang. And uh, and if I could choose one thing that uh, that keeps me uh, looking like I know what I'm doing is, is boomerang. And, uh, <laughs> Do you, um, you need all the help you can get with looking like you know what you're doing? Oh, right? yeah. I, have, I mean, like, uh, so, I mean, if, if you knew me, you knew, you know, no, I, I do not know. I need all these tools. I need these tools or uh, I'm just a bumbling idiot. So uh, I, I do not, I would not be able to actually run a business with these tools. Believe me. And, uh, so and then the, the, boomerang, you said, and then uh, what's, and, what's uh, the third tool and text expander. Oh so, yes. Um, and so uh, I'm really excited about talking about those three tools in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we will get into detail about how we're using these tools. Um, we're going to all share some some tips with regards to how we use these communication tools in our own workflows. But I will ask you, Rich, and I think we may have touched on this a little bit last week, but how did you, uh, amongst all of the other CRMs out there in our industry and then for business owners in general, how did you choose ShootQ specifically? Uh, or maybe a better question even is why do you continue to use ShootQ over other potential platforms? That is a great question. <laughs> That's, and it gets, it gets harder as the, as the months go on um, because there are a lot of really great and probably even better uh, options than ShootQ. Uh, I'm still, I'm a legacy user. I've been using ShootQ for, for 10 years. Um, and uh, in, in that 10 years, every time that I book a wedding, uh, I put so much data in there. So, uh, so if I wanted to right now, if, if a vendor contacted me and said, Hey, which which uh which weddings have I have I we worked together on? I can really go to QQ and I can quickly pull up all the information as far as like um all the all the weddings we've ever shot together, um and so uh and so I would have probably moved to a different one a different but um I just have so much data and it just it works it works for me I'm I'm a simple person um so what QQ does it works for me now they are about to come out with a, a new version QQ uh, two. Um, and we're excited about it and we'll, we will, uh, we will, um, see how it goes. So, uh, mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah, very good. Very good. And I'll just mention rich and Heather, your, um, your connection looks like it's, it's a little bit slow. It's pixelating a little bit. So anything you can do to shut down resources there that are eating up Wi-Fi. <clears throat> excuse me. That would be really great. Haley, let's, let's actually go to you. Talk to us a little bit about the tools that you use for communication. And I know that, that that's really um, as you do work for photographers edit and then also for your own uh, side businesses, side hustles, if you will, uh, your communication really is probably the majority of what you do in one form or another. So talk to us about the three primary tools that you use for communication. 
Yeah, I figured some of these might overlap. So Gmail is the first one. I try keeping all business in Gmail. That doesn't always work. Uh, I mean, we've even talked about this over the last week of reaching out on Instagram because email isn't always the best way to go about it. But Gmail is my favorite to work in. Um, and then I also work in Todoist, which we've mentioned before. Um, it's mine and Nathan's way of communicating on projects. And then um, another platform I'm using is Slack. And I'm using that with a with one client in particular that we work on a lot of projects. And rather than constantly texting, Slack just allows us to be able to snooze like the platform when we're not working and then we're not distracted and, you know, breaking those boundaries. So you mentioned the, the significance of kind of minimizing the, the back and forth of email. And that's actually something that I was going to mention as well with regards to why I use the tools that I do. Um, how do you, we talked last week about scheduling. How do you use Slack in such a way that, um, it kind of negates the need. Maybe you can get a little bit more detail, or maybe that's coming up in your tips about how to use Slack more effectively. Um, but is there a particular thing that that um, photographers should know about Slack and how that actually minimizes the need for email as instant messenger? Yeah, I will say it is kind of harder to do it with um, potential clients or anything because you it's better for organizations. So if you have a team of photographer photographers or you have assistants or anyone working for your business in particular, it's better for that um, than it would be for a photographer who's just trying to communicate with clients. So okay. it's a little different. Sure. That makes sense. Um, Slack has become a, a really, really popular tool amongst entrepreneurs over the last two to three years. They've just exploded. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, and, and I'll also, again, touch on this topic of email as instant messenger here in just a little bit. But I think it's really smart to think about how you use um your, the tools that you've chosen and even what tool, tools you've chosen to begin with to help minimize that kind of reactive nature of hearing that email ding and quickly go to respond to it and then go back to the thing that you're doing and then go back to respond to the email. People use email like that and it's so madly inefficient. And um, so I, I love that you're, you've been very proactive in using a tool like, like Slack for that, uh, for that reason. I'll just mention a couple and actually you've already mentioned uh, my two primary tools and, and it, for those of you, I mean, Haley and Rich and Heather know that I'm quite the minimalist. Some of you may already know that as well. Uh, but I try to minimize the number of moving parts in my day-to-day -day workflow so um, so that there's just less to keep up with. Um, more moving parts in my head and, and for that matter, externally, uh, they, they tend to increase the amount of stress in my life. And so I try to minimize the number of tools that I'm using. It doesn't make me a better business owner or a cooler photographer or whatever the case because I have you know, 50 different pieces of software that I use in my daily workflow. Um, I, I like to keep it simple. And so number one, the number one tool is Gmail for me. And um, not just, I'm not sending from an at Gmail account for my business interactions with clients or potential clients or vendors or otherwise. Um, that is coming from the photographersedit.com domain. And uh, Gmail has a very simple interface that enables you to be able to plug your business domain uh, email address into their interface and a pull email into their interface so that you can access it um, any and everywhere on the Gmail platform. Uh, but I use Gmail for email personally and professionally. And uh, and then I've, I've played around with some of the other communication products that, that Google's offered over the years, and I've, I've moved away from those at this point. So Gmail for email. And then to Haley's earlier point, Todoist, 
is the task and project management system that she and I use to uh, work together on various projects and tasks for Photographer's Edit. Um, I use that with Haley, but then I also use that with our development team. And um, again, this helps minimize the amount of time that uh, I spend in email. I'm using this for task and project management very specifically for myself, and then also for assigning tasks and projects to, to um, those that I'm working with. And I'll talk about that in a little bit more detail here in just a second, but Gmail and Todoist. And, and I know we've talked about Todoist on the show before, but Todoist.com, T-O-D-O-I-S-T.com. It's free to use. Uh, you can pay a little bit extra and get a little bit more of a feature set, but um, really, really great tool. Can't recommend it enough. All right, so let's bring it back. Um, I'll kind of get the camera off just me here so we can see everybody again. And uh, let's talk a little bit about then how we actually use these tools. Let's make it more practical. And, and Rich and Heather, we'll go back to you guys first. And um, let's start with uh, ShootQ that you talked about. And I know ShootQ is a, a massive piece of software as far yeah. as its features that is concerned. Yeah. So we don't have time to get into all of it today, but maybe you can list a few tips uh, for our listeners who are either existing ShootQ users or potentially new ShootQ users some things that have helped you be able to use that software more efficiently, get in, get out, and get on to, to more important things. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, like, uh, um, uh, the, what I love using ShootQ, it just is, it automates my communication. So, uh, so, um, so I can actually uh, schedule emails based on, because ShootQ knows a couple of things. It knows when my client booked me, and it also knows when their event is going to be, their wedding is going to be. And based upon those two um, those two uh, dates, I can then um, send out communication to my clients automated, um, so that that uh, uh, I'm communi- I can get on with my day. You know what I'm saying? So uh, and so when a, when a client actually books me, then um, uh, so well you you know how how it is with uh, with Shukio, you know? Yeah. What I like about what Rich has we've mentioned before that he primarily is the one who's in charge of the communication with our clients mm-hmm. for our business. But what we love about shoot queue is that these automated emails that go out, um, these could be tips and advice to our clients. They could be um, frequently asked questions. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be um, referring our clients to other vendors that would be helpful for them, like a travel agent for their honeymoon, other vendors in town that we love working with. Um, these could be packed with great information for our clients. But what's really cool about this is that the emails don't look automated. Um, Rich yeah. has actually taken care to make it look, the emails look personal. The clients feel like we've gone out of our way to actually communicate with them and give them some really helpful information. And they respond back and say, thank you so much for that information. I'm going to use that advice or that's a great tip. And in, in our clients' minds, those emails, we've typed up that email and sent that directly to our client. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like junk mail. It doesn't look automated. Um, and so that's what we love about using shoot queue for email automation. Oh, oh yeah. I have about 20 of them. Um, and so, uh, and so, uh, Nate, we what, say 20, you have 20 different emails set up, automated emails. Yeah. Yeah. Basically okay. just, uh, just like a, a day after they booked me, uh, an email would get sent out and, and then, and then, you know, three days after they, they have booked me, another email goes out. And, uh, and so it's all based upon, um, how soon their wedding's going to be. And so some, some of it is based upon, again, when they book me and, and uh, some like, like the day before the wedding, um, an email just basically says, so excited about your wedding day tomorrow. I can't wait to see you. I'll say, 
that's completely automated. But I mean, like it, it is it is communicating for me because I I am um, I I shoot you can communicate for me because that is an email that I would want to send out to all my clients. Just hey, I don't I don't I, I'm I'm going to be there tomorrow. You can relax. Yeah. You know, I didn't forget about your wedding. All all all, all that all that stuff. So, so um, and I have to interject here and, and say that it's, it's really important that as we're beginning to, to use these, I say beginning because some photographers probably still aren't fully taking advantage of some of these automation capabilities that various tools um, in our industry and outside our industry make available to us. Uh, but as we begin to or continue to use these automated tools, it's really important to make sure that they are personalized, that these, mm-hmm. the communication is personalized um, because our clients or potential clients are already dealing with a lot of automated communication from oh, yeah. just gobs of companies. They know what it feels like to not actually mean anything to a company. Mm-hmm. And we have the opportunity to create a, a much better experience where we're giving them the individual attention um, really that they deserve, especially with the amount of money that they're going to spend with us. Oh, yeah. And uh, so it's important to make it personal. So I, I love that you've, that you've personalized it. Like you said, it is coming from you. You wrote those emails but it's helped manage that automation. I still remember the days, um, believe it or not, I don't think I've even maybe told you guys about this, but before photographer's edit was a thing, I actually created uh, with the help of, um, well, actually multiple people, a piece of software. It was initially web-based and then I ended up going to Mac-based software called Photographer's Office. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Do you remember this? Okay, so. I remember you presenting oh, come about on. it. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is probably like 12 <laughs> years ago or something like that. We, we, we actually listen to you when you talk, man. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, th- this is like 12 years ago. I think 2006 oh, yeah. might be the last uh, video that I saw from, from Photographer's Office. And then of course it was even before that. This is when ShootQ was actually because ShootQ was one of the first to the game. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. creating a CRM that was based that was created specifically for photographers and their clients. Oh yeah, and um, this, so this was around the time that ShootQ was still kind of in development, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe even a little bit prior to that. And I I started to develop this platform that was web based that um, implemented automated or automatic emails and or mm-hmm. I'm sorry workflows for photographers mm-hmm. and. Um, and I think it was based on wedding photography and portrait photography, and then there were emails associated with it. But that was back in the day, again, 2000, probably five, 2006, when this idea of automation um, was not the norm. You know, th- about the most automation that we, we might see is the, the autoresponder that we created in our email, which became very annoying anyway. Um, but, but now we have these tools, and not just CRMs, but all types of tools. One of the things that I say, um, have said so many times now, or I've talked about to photographers, um, is the significance of the tools that we have that are either free or minimal cost mm-hmm. um, that, that can enable us or will enable us to be able to minimize the amount of busy work that we do. And part of that, that effort to minimize the amount of busy work that we do so that we can focus on the things that actually grow our business um, are these tools that, that help automate our workflow. And if you go and do a quick search, if you make a list of all the things that you do in a day and tag those things proactive or reactive in nature, proactive being those activities that actually increase your bottom line mm-hmm. and reactive those, those activities that may have to happen in order for your business to exist but don't aren't really directly associated with increasing your bottom line, do a Google search of all those, those items that you tag reactive and likely there is some tool that or service that will either do that, that work for you, or at least help you automate it. Right. And that's the day and age that we live in. So it's, it's crazy not to take advantage of tools um, like ShootQ and so many others out there that help us automate these services. Mm-hmm. But 
again, to the original point, it's great that you're also personalizing that, uh, yeah, Rich. I think that's important. Yeah, and, that, and that's, a, that's a big tip. As, as photographers, we're visual. We're visual people. We, we want everything that our clients see be, to be beautiful. And so there is a temptation when it comes to automation because like uh, MailChimp and all these, place, all these things that you can't automate um, emails to clients, you can make these, these, these uh, emails look absolutely beautiful with, with, with beautiful photos. The, the formatting is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what, um, what happens in that is that the client can see that it's a template. They can see it's a template because I mean, that, that is an email that they expect to get from Target or from Gap or anything like that because so, uh, they know they're not getting personal emails from those large corporations. And so, to, uh, so my biggest tip when it comes to automation is keep it simple, like just plain text. So, uh, so it really just literally, it just it's simple. It's plain text, and it looks like you just wrote it, and, and you thought about your client, and you just wrote it, and specifically for them, and uh, and whatnot. So, which is counterintuitive, but that's why he gets the responses from the client saying, "Thank you so much for that information. Oh, yeah. Thank oh, yeah. you for those tips." Oh yeah, oh, because. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. look. If it looked polished and and whatnot, I, I guarantee you, I would not get any any response because they they would know. Oh yeah, he, this is a template that that he sends out mm-hmm. and uh, and just looks that way. And so, so, I, I so tip of the day: don't look polished. Maybe include a couple of misspelled words. Is that <laughs> kind of what you're doing? Exactly. 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 Carried away. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yeah, Heather, Heather, Heather. In fact, she probably needs to do this more often. But uh, I, I write these templates and. Um, and uh, she will go back and, and read stuff that I write. I am a proofreader of his. And, uh, and yeah. she'll like, oh, yeah. sweetheart. Oh, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I'm not the best when it comes to, to grammar and writing. Um, so I have, I have what I want to say in my head. It just doesn't come out really well when I write it on. on, on, on so so yeah. Heather comes in and makes it, makes it look, look better. And sound, make me sound better, too. <laughs> That's great. Well, so... Automation, especially using these email templates that you, that you create to communicate with your clients, that's a big component of using ShootQ more effectively. Do you have any other tips to add to that list for ShootQ specifically, or should we jump to Boomerang? Yeah. Um, we can move on. No, we can move on. <laughs> that, that, that's, that, that's primarily what we use ShootQ for. I do have a question um, about ShootQ because now that I've relaunched my photography business, I'm looking at those as well, like different um, platforms. But you said that the day before their wedding, they would get that automated message. Does ShootQ allow you to set their wedding date and then work backwards to say like three weeks before the wedding? Does it do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Another thing that we love about ShootQ, um, I just thought about this. Okay. Is uh, is, um, it automates also um, the the payment reminders as well because uh, um, our, our clients... And so, and again, it's out of my hands. Um, it's sending, e- uh, it's mm-hmm. sending payment reminders. If I don't receive the the um, uh, the payment from them, then again, like once a week or once every, I don't know how. I don't even, I don't even know how, um, how it works, but but uh, it will send them, and it does look more business like, you know, as as a as a payment reminder. And so, uh, but, but that answer, yeah, exactly what your question was. So yeah, very simply, ShootQ enables you to be able to time those emails, um, certain timeframes, a week out, two weeks out, Mm -hmm. three weeks out and so forth. Um, you can send those emails out based on the, their actual event date. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And again, we're primarily using ShootQ to communicate with, um, to do the types of, um, 
to do the types of email client communication that pertain to all of our clients. So this is more in a, so we're going to move on to some, our, a couple other of uh, tools that we use for different purposes, but that's okay. primarily. Yeah. So, so like with ShootQ, I, I can assign different workflows for, for different events. And, uh, and so if, if I have a, if I have a wedding that's only three months away, then, then I may not send, um, I may not send all of those automated emails, you know, or if it's, um, if it's a much smaller wedding, uh, I may not send tips for um, like uh, for their, you know, honeymoon or, or things that might not pertain to them, you know, so you can, you can, you can, you can automate as much as possible. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Well then take us to Boomerang. Talk about how you're using, and maybe just for those who weren't listening last week, just very quickly sum up what Boomerang uh, does, what it is, yeah. and then talk about how you're using that most effectively, if you will. Oh man. So um, Boomerang, uh, I started using this um, fairly recently. And so uh, it's, it's literally just a plugin that you plug in with Gmail. So when you go to Gmail, um, it is basically attaches itself to Gmail and, uh, and that's the way I can use it. The, the, the main things that I use um, is literally is uh, uh, my clients are very, very busy. Or if I get, let's, let's, let me give you an example. So when I get an inquiry in, um, I will send out an email. But with Boomerang, I can, I can do um, two things. I can, um, um, I can set out a, basically a rule that basically says, if I do not get a reply from this email I'm writing in one day, then send it back to my inbox. I want to de- so it'll remind me. So if if I get a reply, it doesn't send it back to me. But if I don't get a reply, it, it will. I do this all the time. So if so I, if 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 I'm sending out an email that that I'm asking for feedback or or I need a response from them, I'm always always using this this uh, boomerang just so I can stay on top of it. Because if I don't it will quickly be out of my head and I'll completely forget about it. And then my clients feel like, like, Oh, you know, they may forget about it too. And then, then it's just uh, out of sight, out of mind. So with, uh, with, with boomerang, if I'm getting inquiries, uh, if I'm sending an email to, to, um, to a client, I make, I, I say in my head, I'm like a, a reasonable time is like a week from now. So I say, and if I don't get a response in a week, then uh, bring it back to me, you know? Um, or if I if this if I'm talking to a vendor if I want to stay involved in the vendor's life mm-hmm. I'll say send um, send an email back to me in one month and I can attach an, a, a note to that email that says um, I can basically speak to my future self okay so basically I'm just basically speaking to my future self and saying hey, Rich <laughs> a month from now you need to email this vendor you need to ask them or you need to say you know this is, these are some steep speaking points that uh, that that you that you heard. From Facebook, you know, they they were going to Hawaii in, um, in three weeks. Well, email them in four weeks and ask them about um, ask them about that. You know, so so uh, which um, is brilliant so, because as we're talking about the proactive tasks that we um, want to want to move forward with for our business, this is definitely one of those things. You know, vendor communication, uh, following up with the previous conversation, not mm-hmm. forgetting, not dropping the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rich has said that um, he's he has booked weddings because of boomerang because being reminded to follow up with those potential clients when other photographers might be responding to the initial inquiry and then just letting it go Mm -hmm. and, you know, letting it run its course. But he's, you know, he's able to be more proactive in that sense because of boomerang following up at a reasonable, you know, after a reasonable amount of time has passed, is there anything else we can do for you? Are there any other questions that we can, yeah. you know, you know, help answer. And I think that we've booked weddings because of that, that proactivity. So. Oh yeah. 
And I think that's that's really important point to make. Again, and, and this is something I think we maybe even mentioned last week as well, but there's something really important to keep in mind here, which is the significance of the experience that we create for these clients. These days with, with technology being what it is, and really this has been the case for quite some time, the average consumer can create a decent photograph. Mm-hmm. What is going to actually set us apart uh, charging at times, incredible amounts of money for so-called professional photography is not necessarily going to be that image that you know a thousand other people can throw the same Lightroom preset on or Photoshop action on right. and put out there for the world to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be about the experience that we create. And part of that experience that we create for these clients has to do with the way that we are attentive to them and ultimately, of course, communicate with them um, efficiently and in a timely manner. And so taking advantage of a tool like Boomerang enables us to, to do that. I, I use Boomerang the same way that you do, Rich, um, in that I will tag certain emails that I send out, whether it's to a client or a potential connection of some kind or even a, a business partner, um, that I, I know there's a chance that there may not be a response and I need to I want to keep on top of this conversation and I can tag it to pop back in my inbox um, within you know three or four days mm-hmm. if they haven't responded, and I can stay on top of the conversation that way. So I think it's a really great tool for that. Um, for mm-hmm. those of you who use Gmail as your primary email management system, um, make sure to check out Boomerang. I think it's all of what is it like five bucks a month for the it, subscription? It, um, I think uh, we have the uh, the fourteen ninety nine one. Um, it um, because it has a lot more uh, things, including um, you can you can schedule meetings and all that too. So you can it, so it can actually attach to uh, Google Calendar, and you can actually uh, in emails um, give them certain certain times. Uh, like here's here's um, like five choices from my my calendar where you can. You can you, we can come meet up or or, or have a mm-hmm. phone conversation, and so uh, and so yeah. Does that it, work differently than Calendly? Um, I are you uh, familiar I, with Calendly? I haven't used Calendly. Uh, I, I actually I used it a little bit, um, and I didn't like it for some reason. I don't know why, okay. but I but I do like um, Boomerang how 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 it works. Okay, that's good to know. I don't think I've I've actually played with that feature in Boomerang, so I'll have to go I'll have to check that out. Yeah, um, yeah. So we talked about Shoot Cube, Boomerang, and then the last one that you mentioned was Text Expander. Oh yeah. Talk to us a little bit about what the tool is to begin with. This is one I'm a huge fan of and and use. I, I've I know I've stayed hours off my hours. from my work schedule by using this tool. But tell our listeners oh, yeah. uh, and our viewers what that that tool does and then how you use it most effectively. Oh yeah. So I was telling Heather. Um, that I consider a text expender the adult version or the business version of Mad Libs. Okay, so Mad Libs, everybody knows what Mad Libs is. It, it is a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a predefined story, and all you had to do is fill in the blanks, and that, and when you fill in the blanks, it becomes a complete story. And uh, and so that's what what text expender is. You text expender is um, you can have email templates that you'll be writing all the time anyway. And uh, in there, you can actually have blanks um, where you can fill in to make it more personal. Um, their the their client's name. You can you can have, leave a blank to write something personal or a date or a particular type of communication that you're doing. You can do it, anything you want to do with that. And then all you do is click a little button and it expands it into your email or wherever else you you want uh, wherever you also you want to do it. So so uh, with when, when I'm communicating with clients with uh, with my um, wedding album uh, workflow, you know, I, I know that um, when I first get started, I need to write this email. I'm going to write to every one of my 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 clients, and then 
um, I'm going to be following up with this or 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 whatnot. It's all in in a tech expander, and so um, so um, some people, and and this um, will actually even have uh, 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 shortcuts on, on on there when they actually type in a certain um, configuration of of letters. It expands automatically, which is great. Uh, I'm not really good at remembering all those things, so I I just I uh, just go up go up on top of my um on my window on my monitor and uh, it has all the information for me, so I can just I just pull it up. So I don't actually have to remember all the shortcuts. But um, but some people probably probably you Nathan probably use a lot of those those, those email shortcuts, <laughs> just like, just like uh, exclamation points as um, C A T, and then all of a sudden, boom, a whole email pops up, and uh, which is great, which is great. So uh, um, uh, there we go. Oh, I've I've used Text Expander now for probably, man, I'd have to say seven or eight years at least, maybe even longer than that. Yeah. Uh, but if, if I actually pull up, and and I do personally use Text Expander mostly for signatures because I, I put different signatures and different types of emails that I'm sending out, and um and then I, I also have sig- or, uh, shortcuts as you mentioned, and not only shortcuts for those signatures, but I also have signatures for the. Uh, for my address, for phone numbers, for you know, websites. In fact, I can just quickly read this list to you that I've got. Um, yeah, so actual physical addresses, email addresses. That's something that I use a, a, use Text Expander for a lot. If I have to share an email address with somebody in an email or otherwise, very quickly type that email out. <clears throat> excuse me, email address out using the keyboard shortcut that I've created. Um, I've got links saved in there. Signatures again, probably the most prominent use of Text Expander for me. Um, I even have a template email um, saved in there as well. But just in the last month, because this is one of the cool things about Text Expander is that you can actually pull up statistics about how much time it's saving you. Oh, yeah. And just in the last month, well, actually, not even the last month, this month, uh, April of 2018, um, based on, and I, I probably type a little bit closer to, to 80 words a minute um, when, when I'm doing really well, but let's just say 60 words a minute is pretty average for people who can type. Um, I've at that rate, I've saved over two hours just in what is it—the last two and a half weeks—right uh, using Text Expander because I'm not having to type out that same signature, type out that same email address, uh, or whatever it might be. I just quickly type that shortcut, and, and once you use those shortcuts a, f- a few times, they're very easily um, uh, mem- well, they're very easy to remember and pull up and use, and it just becomes second nature. And so much so that I actually have now. Not only not only am I using those shortcuts on my desktop, but I've got it saved into what is a very similar feature built into the iPhone, kind of like Text Expander, mm-hmm. to be able to to save a shortcut to represent a word or maybe a phrase. Um, I've actually created the same shortcut on my iPhone for my calendar. So if I need to say share a link to my Calendly calendar, like we were talking about a second ago, um, to somebody because I'm scheduling an interview or a phone call or otherwise. Very, very quickly that the keyboard shortcut that I use not only on my computer, but on my phone is CCAL and it generates the link to my Calendly calendar and I can very quickly send that text message or the email or um, you know, whether uh, if that's on my phone and then, of course, an email on my um, uh, on my desktop or even using iMessage on my desktop as well. So it's, it's a really powerful tool. I know that there at least have been in the past similar tools for the Windows platform as well. You guys can just do a quick search. Text Expander for for Windows. I don't think they have a Windows version specifically of the software, but I know that there are other tools that do similar things. So 
Yeah. Uh, make sure you check that out, Text Expander. I w- you really should get sponsors for these shows because know, it's we're promoting them. Yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, it, it has saved me hundreds, hundreds yeah. of hours. Yep. Um, and and it, it makes email, which is a tedious thing in of itself, just more um, more manageable, you know, and, and that, that, you know, I don't hate email as much when, when my email that my clients ask is probably already written and tech expander. So it takes, it, it takes, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think about my response. I just expand it because I thought about it a month ago and, and created a, you know, a, 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 you know, a tech expander for it. So um, it works, mm-hmm. it works great. So like uh, mine, uh, I have a text expander for, for, um, when I initially get a, a inquiry, and then uh, if I don't hear them back for in, in a day, I have a, I have a follow up, um, and then a follow up two, and a follow up three, and so you know, and then my I think uh, I think it goes down to I think four four or five, and uh, um, I'm like okay, all right, fine, you don't want to talk to me. <laughs> Where do you live? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, I appreciate you guys kind of taking some time to walk us through those tools that you're using regularly. And of course, we'll link to these tools in the show notes for those of you who are watching uh, and listening in for that matter. If you just go to bocapodcast.com, I'll put that up here really quickly on the screen, but very simply bocapodcast.com. Haley will be generating show notes from this conversation that will then go there at bocapodcast.com in conjunction with this Workflow Wednesday, kind of the part two of the communication series of Workflow Wednesday, and uh, you can link to those resources from there. Um, Haley, let's go ahead and jump to you then and talk about how you're using your top three tools as well. Yeah, so it's so funny. Everything you just said like sparked a hundred other topics I could have written down for today. But um, so I'll start with Gmail. Obviously, most people know what Gmail is, so I'm not going to give a whole spiel on that. But um, some of the tips that I've really learned to use in the last, you know, year now, um, is if you have multiple Gmail accounts, you can set them up. And I think you said something about this earlier, um, to where they can go into the same inbox. So like my photographer's at an email address goes into my Haley Gaffin at gmail.com, um, email address as well. And so you can plug all those in. So you only have to manage one inbox which has been a lifesaver. Um, I don't have to check, you know, four or five different places. Yes. Just check the one and everything is handled right there. It's really good. And, and the way they've got it set up, um, you can set it so that it automatically, re- when you hit the reply button, automatically responds specifically from your, whatever email, email address it was sent to. So if, if somebody's yeah. emailing your work email address, you hit reply, it automatically replies from that email address. Uh, and if you're sending for personal or replying for personal, same kind of thing. So, so it's it's a very simple tool and yet so effective. And it is nice, like you said, Haley, to have everything coming to one place. It's very easy for those of you who might experiment with this um, to, if you want to, create a quick filter that will automatically move those emails into separate folders for those individual email addresses if you want to look at them separately. Uh, but it is nice to have it all in one place. And, and um, so I, I think this is, and, and I'll actually comment a little bit more on that here in just a little bit, but please, please continue. I don't want to interrupt. Yeah. Um, the other thing I started thinking about when you were talking about text expander was the canned responses that you can set up in Gmail. So if you don't need all of the other places, uh, if you only need email templates, you can set up canned responses, um, which are really helpful if you have someone helping out with your email um, because I know a lot of photographers are not really into the email side of it. They want to hand it off to someone else. Um, and so that's been a huge help in 
and things and things I've been doing for my other businesses um, and other work that I've been working on is just being able to say like, if, if a photographer emails me about the same thing, a photographer four days ago emailed me about, I can think to myself, Oh, you know, I need to set up a canned response because so many people have emailed me about this. Um, whether it's recommendations on the podcast or where they can subscribe or whatever the case might be. Um, it's just really helpful, helpful to have those canned responses set up similar to text expander. Um, and the other tip I had for Gmail was organize. <laughs> and it sounds so silly, but if you just take the time to set up a folder system, it makes it so easy. So like if we send a gift to a podcast um, interviewee, I don't, is that the right word? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> a podcast guest. If yeah. we send them a gift, I have a folder for all of the like requests for the gift, the receipt for the gift when it's delivered, if it's delivered that way, if at any time, you know, we, we let them know, Hey, keep an eye out. There's a gift coming and they say, Hey, we don't have, we never got it. I can go back and see that it was delivered or it never shipped or whatever the case may be. And it's, I don't have to search through all of my inbox. That's great. And you know, that again, with regards to, um, organization, I think part of, and, and I'll actually comment on this a little bit more too. I, I think back to conversations or commentary that I've heard from photographers over the years with regards to their email. And they talk about having, I mean, I've heard photographers say, you know, I've got thousands of emails in my inbox. And a lot of that has to do with just not proactively organizing or creating a system to begin with. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, part of that creating a system is ultimately creating a system of organization or a process of organizing mm -hmm. the incoming communication so that you don't just simply have an inbox with 1,050 emails in it. Um, mm -hmm. that you at least have organized those things so you know where they go and then ideally are getting rid of the stuff that's not necessary. And again, I'll comment on that here in just a little bit. But I, it really is, it seems so obvious, but I think a lot of us, whether it's with email or with um, really any other part of our business, and this is why part of why we're doing these Workflow Wednesday episodes mm -hmm. is because it's not natural for a lot of artist types, photographers to proactively organize things, but it makes all the difference in the world when it comes to working efficiently, which of course translates to being able to spend more time building your business, spend more time with the cool people in our lives. Um, and uh, speaking of, by the way, great time with you guys at brunch. Loved it. On, yeah. on Saturday. So much fun. We got a chance to, we just need to have Steven on one of these episodes. I know. <laughs> Haley's, Haley's husband, Steven was uh, with us at brunch on Saturday. We had such a great time. We talked business and life and mm -hmm. um, had a really lovely breakfast as well. So thank you guys for making time for that. But yeah. yet again, I've interrupted you, Haley back to you. Please continue. <laughs> okay. I only have one more tip for Gmail. Well, it's like two in one. Um, and I think Rich said something about this last week regarding how you can't unread text messages to go back and uh, respond to it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hate con like discussing things over text messages messages just because I can't do that. Um, whereas with email, I can go in and I can unread it. Or if you have the time, <laughs> just set up a system with your um, stars. I think that's what they are. Yeah. Stars. Yeah. yeah. No stars. Right. Yeah. And you can set exclamation marks, question marks, red stars, yellow stars, and figure <laughs> out which of those is um, the most important in your opinion. So an exclamation mark would be for me. So those are things like I need to do immediately as I'm cleaning out my inbox. 
Mm-hmm. And then yellow stars are like, eh, I can get back to this at some time <laughs> over the next couple of days. Or a question mark is I can't answer this without talking to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really helpful. And I'm, I'm actually just to play a little bit of devil's advocate. I'm curious because this reminds me of conversations that I've had with um, photographers about their Lightroom workflow. When they talk about culling their own images, assuming they're doing their own work, um, they'll talk about doing like one and two and three and maybe even four passes when they're calling their images and the workflow becomes more complicated than necessary because they've added additional steps because of the, uh, maybe not sure, come back to it. Do you find that, that giving yourself that room ends up making it more or less efficient? If you were to be honest. For me, it's more efficient because if I take, if I take a second to respond immediately to something I'm not entirely sure of, I could be responding wrong. Um, or I may be jumping the gun or like, I prefer to go through all of my email and make sure that that person hasn't emailed me a second time with an alternative question. Um, because well, coming from a corporate world that always happened, um, when you're in an agency life, you'd get an email and then someone would send another email not connected to that one. And so it would pop up as a new email and you'd take the time to respond and then you'd go back and find a new one and they say, Oh, never mind. I got the answer. Don't worry about the last email I sent you. Yeah, that so makes like, sense. For that, I've just built that's kind of been a habit I've built. And it's just helped me. But for Lightroom workflows, I'm actually in the process of determining my culling one because <laughs> yesterday I did that, but it was with a family of like 18 people, not really 18. It was it felt like 18. But a lot, a lot of people. <laughs> it was a lot of people. And I had to find three good images that had all of the kids smiling and none of them did. So it was like I went through, I probably went through it 10 or 15 times trying to find the best ones. Yeah. And so that's something I personally have to work on because I'm, I'm surprised you just admitted that to Nate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was uh, like I they needed it immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't send it off to do it right then and there, you know. Well, this, of course, wasn't originally meant to be a a Lightroom workflow um, (laughs) conversation, but I think it's an interesting comparison when we look at these. I mean, the reality is communication and and calling images in Lightroom aren't the exact same thing. I was just I think the the ultimate um, point here that I'm trying to make, uh, and I think it's something to consider for all of us, myself included, is as as fun, at least for us, us nerds, um, I'm pointing fingers at me here, um, that, that as much fun as it can be to create these workflows. And ultimately we kind of feel good about ourselves in the moment for the systems that we put in place. It can be easy to ultimately even complicate the workflow. And that ultimately eats into the amount of time it takes to accomplish something. So, so my earlier point about minimizing the number of moving parts for those of you listening in, do everything you possibly can. First of all, certainly to put a system or systems in place, like we're talking about on this series, but also make sure that you don't overcomplicate it in the process. I remember back when I was getting into um, the the kind of philosophy behind a system called getting things done, GTD. David Allen is the guy, the author that kind of came up with the system. And the system, I mean, he, he wrote a whole book about it and it goes deep and it's, frankly, it's quite boring and, and um, monotonous, but uh, the system in and of itself, there were, there were some pretty, and, and it probably still are some pretty, uh, hardcore followers of this of the system, and then the implementation of the system and uh, various pieces of or various types of workflow, including software, 
became so convoluted and complicated that it got in the way of just simply doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that's kind of the extreme example. But ultimately, again, my point simply is that as you create systems, uh, make sure that you don't overcomplicate them, that you don't add too many steps to them. You're not a better business owner. You're not a better photographer for having a complicated workflow. Minimize those steps. Minimize the new number of pieces of software even that you're using to accomplish that that workflow and it'll save you a lot of time. So just a little bonus there. And by the way, I'll go ahead and throw this out since we are talking Lightroom, little 15 second tip in culling. And I, I would say 80, last time I looked about 80% of our clients at Photographers Edit do their own culling. And um, and so that in that culling process, if you're gonna do it yourself, use the P key to pick images. It's the, the keyboard shortcut to pick images that you like. If you pull up a series of three or four images, rather than Going And this is not directed at you, Haley, by the way, just for anybody out there using Lightroom, um, use the P key to choose the image that stands out to you immediately. It's easy if you've got a series of five, six, eight, ten images because you held down that shutter button and grabbed a bunch all at once um, to then get stuck in the process of looking at each one of those images and comparing it. Is this right? Is this is this the best one or is that expression? If you find one that looks good to begin with. Uh, then, then pick it and go to the next series and it'll, it'll help save so much time because it's easy for us to get stuck in that calling process and, and speak from personal experience um, and, and overanalyzing those images when there could just be a great one right there. You pick it and you go to the next series and, and don't overthink it. So that'll save a lot of time. Pick the images you want to keep rather than getting rid of or deleting the images that you don't want to. And that'll save a lot of time. All right. Yeah. I, I just keep interrupting you, Haley. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> let's, let's go back to you and, and finish up your tips uh, using these tools, if you will. Yeah. So I'm actually going to let you handle Todoist. Uh, I feel like you have a little bigger grasp on it. Okay. <laughs> um, sure. But for Slack, if you are looking for something similar, that it's basically like an instant messenger app for just work. Um, it allows you to create channels to talk about certain topics, or if you want a direct message with one person on your team, um, it's really awesome for that. But I mean, truly it's just, it's an instant messenger. So you're not having to check email. You're notified on your desktop. You can check it if you have the time right then and there, or you can just leave it for later. Um, and the notification is still there. And what I like about it is I am able to snooze because I have different hours uh, then maybe someone I'm trying to talk to does and they can see like Haley has set this to snooze. So um, she is not going to answer you immediately, but she'll get back to you when she comes back. Haley, are you still there? Oh, Haley's actually seeing what, what those of you who don't get to actually watch our, our perspective or our view is that um, as we're doing Facebook live, I can zoom in to the person who's talking they're in solo mode and you can't see what we're doing in the background. So Rich was making funny faces. I was flexing. We were paying very, very close attention to what you were saying. That was so hard to keep a straight face because I didn't know if you were going to say anything about it. And I forget that you can also see us. It's just like, it's not just me and Rich and Heather here talking. No, that's, that's really funny. Um, Well, I, on a little slightly more serious note, I love that we can keep it light here, but on a slightly more serious note that the ability to be able to, and I want to comment on this and I'll go ahead and tie this into um, my commentary, not only on, on, Todoist, but also Gmail as well. And we mentioned it earlier, and that is this habit that a lot of people have of using uh, email as instant messenger. They've mm-hmm. got their email open on their computer, on their phone, and on their on their watch, and anywhere else. And they're constantly looking, and you know the the phone's dinging or their their 
um, watch is dinging now because that's the thing. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a sound uh, or a, a buzz or whatever it might be. We're constantly distracted by these incoming notifications uh, and people are using email as instant messenger. Now, you might argue, well, what's the difference between using that or Todoist as instant messenger or Slack as instant messenger? And really the biggest difference, uh, and it just from my perspective, and maybe you all can, can share your perspective on this as well, but from my perspective, the biggest difference is that the conversations in my email inbox are varied. I could have six, eight, ten different conversations that are happening in my inbox that are not related at all to each other. And when I go in to respond to one conversation, now I'm distracted by the six others in my inbox. And, and so the goal with something like Slack, the goal with something like Todoist, actually, because Todoist has very, very similar functionality. Uh, the, the bonus, I think, with Todoist, and maybe even the advantage that Todoist has over Slack is that um, not only do I get to focus my conversations to a particular task or project or both, uh, but I also can then manage that task and project in addition. And um, that those conversations that Haley was talking about earlier regarding individual, uh, in this case, individual tasks or projects, um, I can, she and I can have a conversation about that task or that project. I can share documents or pictures or otherwise we can go back and forth. And I can always go back to that particular task and know that any conversation thread specifically related to that task is in that specific place. I can go to that when needed. I can avoid it when needed. The email inbox, when everything's there at once, it can easily become a distraction. And uh, so that's the biggest difference. Now, to Haley's earlier point as well, something like to do is not only email, can I turn notifications off? And I, and I highly recommend it. We talked about the significance of scheduling last week. And the idea behind that, of course, is being proactive in the way that you're managing your email, not letting it manage you, but you manage it. You decide when you want to hear about email or see email. You can turn those notifications off. But you can do the same thing with Slack. You can do the same thing with Todoist. So if you're done at the end of the day and you want to focus on the people that are around you or you want to go uh, for a walk or you want to watch a movie or whatever it might be, and you know how easy it is to respond to a little pop-up on your phone or your watch or whatever, turn the notifications off. You can do that. It's not so difficult um, that, that you can't just simply flip that switch. Make sure you do that. But let me just very quickly sum up. We've only got just a few minutes here. Uh, seven minutes to be exact. So we're going we're gonna to close up shop here in just a second. But very quickly, the two tools that I mentioned earlier that I use are Gmail and Todoist. Um, Gmail, I've chosen over a Mac-based software because, number one, it's extremely fast. Um, and, and, and actually, this is more even more relevant to why I use Gmail versus any other web-based email system. Um, I've, I've been an Apple guy for years and years now, and they've got a web-based email interface, but it's just not quick. And um, so I use Gmail for the, because it is, it's like using desktop or phone-based software. It's so very quick, very, very simple interface. And I just saw recently they're getting ready to update the interface, and I think it's going to clean it up even more. Um, it's always accessible. I don't have to, to go to, I don't have to have a piece of software on my laptop in order to pull up my email and have access to all my saved emails and, and so forth. Um, it's always accessible. Anywhere that I have access to the web or a phone or a computer, I have access to my emails, and that's that's really important to me. doesn't eat up hard drive space. For those of you who are using um, Mac Mail, for example, on your laptop or any email application that's saving those, I mean, for me, it's, I forget what the number is now, I think something like 30,000 email, maybe even more um, mm -hmm. from the last number of years, that takes up hard drive space. And I don't know why um, Apple hasn't come up with a solution to that, 
but regardless, the reason I don't use the, the one of the main, if, if not the main reasons that I don't use a desktop based software uh, is because I don't want to eat up additional hard drive space uh, with storing those emails and the attachments associated with those emails. It's so easy just to, to keep it in the cloud. So uh, it's always accessible. It doesn't need a hard space. It's always backed up. Of course, I don't have to worry about manually backing up email. Uh, and then the other thing, too, we talked about organization earlier with, with Gmail. I've used a tool um, over the last year or two, maybe even a little bit more, called unroll.me that enables me to go through and kind of mass unsubscribe to emails from various companies. So it minimizes the amount of, of junk in my, my email inbox. Um, something I started to, to talk about earlier um, is the fact that photographers, I've, I've heard photographers allude to having you know, a thousand email in their inbox, inbox or thousands of emails in their inbox. And they're coming back from WPPI and they've got to go back to this inbox nightmare. And the reality is probably 90% of those email are absolutely irrelevant to them, not only running, but also, of course, ultimately growing their business. And so you've got to be a little bit proactive, but you can use a tool like unroll.me. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, it, you can literally search it. It's just unroll.me is their URL to mass unsubscribe to, to mass communication from various vendors, companies that you've signed up for services for, bought products from. Um, you can unroll, you can unsubscribe there, but do so occasionally on an individual basis too. If an email comes in there and it's not necessary and you've got to be black or white, black and white about it, unsubscribe, get rid of it. Um, because for me, helping run a company that is ultimately taking care of thousands of photographers, we process millions of images. The average inbox scene that I come to each day has, you know, anywhere from, I mean, maybe at, at most about 30 email in it, um, but many times 10 to 12 email uh, because I've been very proactive in not only organizing, but ultimately managing my email communication. So you can use a tool like that, get rid of the junk, all those notifications from Facebook, you can go to Facebook and see the notification. You don't need email notifications about social media communication. You don't need all those emails about the discounts from this company and that company. Focus on the stuff that actually matters. It'll help save you a lot of time. Text Expander, we mentioned that earlier, and I use it. I mean, I've used it for years and years. It saved me hours and hours and hours of time. Take advantage of that tool. If you guys don't have it yet, make sure you check it out. And then I'll jump really quickly to Todoist, and I'll just knock this out in two minutes here. Um, I've already talked about the importance of email, not using email as instant messenger. It allows me to focus on conversations related to individual tasks to go back and the thread of communication related specifically to that task and not have to go through these massive email threads where you're scrolling and scrolling and, and trying to figure out what's related to you know, the, the, the conversation at hand and what's not and to sort through that. You focus on what actually matters, the conversation specific to that task or project, and that uh, helps you work more efficiently as a result. And that's that's the reason to use something like Todoist, not only for task and project management, for but for a communication tool with your team, whether I'm delegating um, or communicating or to or communicating with Haley or my uh, web development team um, or others, I can use a tool like that and, and very quickly communicate through that tool. And unlike going to email and then the text message and the social media, keep it to one tool, keeps it streamlined, simple, focused, and that's really important. Uh, the organized communication, I already alluded to that. Minimizing the distraction email, we talked about that as well. The, sim the simplicity of Todoist is beautiful. There are plenty of task and project management systems out there and communication systems for that matter as well, like Slack or otherwise, um, that, that may be great tools, but 
the question that I'm going to ask uh, for myself anyway is, is that more complicated than necessary for the sake of getting the work done that is actually important to growing my business, um, mm -hmm. to getting my work done on a daily basis? So I love the fact that to do is as simple, take the frills uh, and the BS out of it, focus on the stuff that matters. And again, it's always accessible. I mean, it's it, it's on my, my laptop, my phone. I can go reference um, my task and project management online if I want to as well. It's always accessible. So it's a really, really great tool. And you can take advantage of it that way. Um, that That is more kind of the philosophy behind how I use and why I use these tools. But that philosophy translates to action. My actual workflow in them is very, very simple and straightforward. And it follows that philosophy. So those are our tools. And I'll come back to everybody. Enough, enough of me talking here on my own. Um, thank you guys so much for making time to share these tools with us today and also kind of your thoughts behind how to use them most efficiently. Mm -hmm. Haley's going to link to these resources in the show notes, but any, any comments, ideas, suggestions to add to the conversation here as we close out? No, I think we're good. I think we shared what we needed to share and hopefully that was helpful, you know? Yeah, Ab absolutely. Haley, anything to add to that? Yeah, well, it's really funny because just last night I got a question from a listener asking about if there were any episodes talking about um, email automation. Oh, so wow, okay. I'm going to send this to them immediately after. <laughs> um, That's cool. But I think it's really important that our listeners do send us, you know, topics that they want us to talk about because I think, you know, having this conversation was great for this particular listener and I can send it to them and. I mean, I'm happy to follow up on if we do record it to send it out to them because I keep a pretty detailed list of it. <laughs> and, and that's actually a really great point. So uh, I'll go ahead and throw my email address up here on the screen. It's Nathan at photographersedit.com. For those of you who are watching, for those of you listening in, you've just heard it, Nathan at photographersedit.com. Don't hesitate to email me um, or you can email Haley, Haley at photographersedit.com with suggestions, uh, feedback, or otherwise about the Workflow Wednesday show or the book of podcasts in general. We'd love to get your suggestions, topics you think we should cover, guests that you'd like us to have on. We love that kind of feedback. It's always great to get it. Um, and of course, don't hesitate to give us reviews too. If you go to um, the Apple podcast system, it's got a great review system in place there. Let us know. Um, and those out there in the world listening to podcasts, your thoughts about the book of podcasts and of course, ultimately Workflow Wednesday. Um, I will I will close with this thought, and that is I realize that we've kind of gone deep in the weeds of workflow today, and this is a little bit nerdy and it's a little bit geeky, uh, but the reality is that everything we do on a day-to-day -day basis as photography business owners is related to our workflow. It's important that we address this stuff. Once you put the systems in place, you can move on and focus on the stuff that you love uh, if this is not it. But it's important to put the systems in place. Communication is one of those important systems, and uh, so Take some of these ideas, go put them into practice. We'll make sure to link to the resources in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We'll see Thanks you soon. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>